Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Woodward. Well, wow. Motor City Metrics and the minor league podcast is kind of doing a strange crossover. I don't know. You know what, what it was? I saw earlier. I went on my TikTok and it suggested Woodward Sports. And it just <laughs> came right to my mind. And so. Dollar. Anyway. Yeah. Welcome into another episode here as we are watching Tigers game and just kind of chilling and talking a little bit about the weekend series. The Tigers taking two out of three from Seattle. Um, the right now the Royals are have a two nothing lead on uh, essentially look like two unearned runs. So, um, although the pitcher made the error, so he earned it. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's true. Uh, Chris, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? <laughs> I look like you're brooding there for a moment. Oh, I, well, I was just waiting for my picture to pop up on the screen. Oh, okay. I, so I didn't catch up in the middle. No, but uh, yeah, there's plenty to get to this evening as the Tigers are in the... Evan Woodbury tweeted out the Paris of Midwest. Paris of the Plains. Paris of the Plains, rather. Excuse me. Paris oh. of the Plains. <laughs> Detroit put... The, originally, Detroit was called the Paris yeah. of the, the United Paris, States. Right? Because it was a city of lights back in the day. And and I, I always thought Kansas City was the Rome of the plains because it's <laughs> supposedly has the second most fountains in the world behind Rome. They they do celebrate their fountains. You, it is hard to uh cross the street without running into a fountain someplace over there. No question. Not just at Kaufman Stadium. <laughs> so um Casey's a great road trip, though. I recommend it to anybody. And it, barring anything weird going on with me, I'll be going down on Wednesday afternoon. Nice. nice. I I want to go there. It's on my it's on my list of things to do for like just the, the cross things off that I eventually want to do, but well, you got the great steakhouses, you got the in, immaculate barbecue places that there's just so many to choose from. You got the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and the World War One National Museum, Boulevard Brewing. Why is World War One? Why is that in Kansas City? You know, I read, I found out once why, but I don't remember. But yeah, it's the National World War One Museum is in KC. I'll be darned. Oh, that's that's, that's, that's fat, fat, that is fascinating. Although there was, it was an interesting comment that came out this week with, in regards to former Michigan center, the, uh, trying to, all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Uh, oh, that, uh, Hunter Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson, who said, Quote, I feel like Michigan is like a fake Midwest. Kansas is an actual like a Midwest town. First of all, it's state, you dumbass. And second, are you just trying to stay relevant in the news cycle? I mean, why would you say something stupid like that? That just he's always he's you know, he's always been like that. He he says things that uh you know draw controversy. He he likes to do that. Yeah, I remember he called uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State all sorts of names. <laughs> You don't know anything. You don't know squat, you stupid idiot. I just thought that was a strange comment and unnecessary comment, really. It was just like, what? It, okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk baseball. We're not here to talk about uh, field centers. Um, and we're here to talk about Matt Manning's start since first start since the combined no-no that we witnessed on last Saturday, which is strange to think that was just last Saturday. And now we're almost, it's July 17th, folks. This has gone. 
by way too fast. And I always feel like people say that anyways, but um, yeah, so there's going to be, we're going to talk about the minor leagues. Uh, we're going to be recapping what happened over the weekend and the Tigers, like I said, going over the, playing the Mariners take two out of three, which was a big deal. And they come home this weekend to take on the Padres. And so, by the way, speaking of the Negro leagues, the conference this weekend, the Jerry Malloy conference is in this in Detroit starting on Thursday, July 20th. So just wanted to give some, I'm a Sabre member. And so the Jerry Malloy, excuse me, the Jerry Malloy conference, Negro league conference is from July 20th to July 23rd here in Detroit. So the, if you still want to register for the conference, um, if you're a student, there's some single day registrations. There's a meet and greet reception at the Hamtramck stadium, Friday nights, Tigers Padres game at Comerica Park or the awards banquet on Saturday night. Uh, the all of it, three sessions are in full registration package. So you can go to saber.com forward slash Malloy, M A L L O Y for more information. So if you're interested in that, uh, I will be volunteering and working on Thursday, Friday. Chris and I are heading out to South Bend, Indiana to check out as the White Caps go to t- take on the Cubs. And so they're also offering an ability if you wanted to go see a two of the Mudhens game too with the group of people that are in town that check out baseball. So if you're in the Detroit area and you want to check out the Hamtramck Stadium, by all means go do so. It's uh, they've done a fantastic job over there, and not too far away is uh, Ken- Kenworth Stadium, home of the Detroit FC Soccer Club. So they've done a really good job of uh, fixing up the area down there. So, but yeah, so the Tigers Friday come in. And Seattle, you know, I'm feeling the high after hosting the all-star game and Eduardo Rodriguez helped his trade value quite a bit. And so we'll start there. And gentlemen, is it just a thing where I, I know that we looked at some of the comments that was online that Skyer said that essentially we'll see how the record is, <laughs> uh, how it is. But do you find that Bula or not? I think he's fairly confident their record will be one that is that screams uh, take a good deal if you can get it. You know, <laughs> uh, even though they they have a, a soft looking schedule, they're still you know a team that is capable of of dropping games. I would hope they would win. So I think um, I don't think they're going to have too much remorse about pulling a trade uh, and, and and pulling the rug of contention out from beneath the fans. Yeah, I mean, I, I think his comments about like, yeah, we'll see how we do. Like, it's it's pretty much he knows they're not going to do well. <laughs> yeah. Like, they'll put those Friday and Saturday games together, right? With against the Mariners, where they look like, hey, this is for real. And then what do they do yesterday? No runs. What do they have today? No runs. Um, that's who they are. They're they're not good enough to put together a long enough winning streak to suddenly be in contention for first place. So he's just saying. You know, being being PR savvy or whatever, like, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. But he knows they're going to be somewhere between four and seven games out of first place at the trade deadline. And uh, and they're going to trade guys because they're not good enough. Yeah, they're not, it's, it's, it's his team. That, Bula, I guess. Yeah, it is Bula. It is Bula. I don't know why I thought of the word Bula, but it is it does scream of nonsense. Um, it. Yeah, I just we have your assets like this you trade them and whether you want to want to believe in this world that well the, the tigers are gonna play the wrong game and maybe rod wants to stay maybe he does 
But what if he doesn't? And you walk away with no empty handed. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, that, if that's something that, especially yeah, for their quote unquote rebuild. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't picture this being like a total sell off where they they get rid of Lang and Foley and and Scoobal and and like they're making giant moves, but they're not going to hold on to guys that they might otherwise lose for nothing. So you know, I think Cisnero is probably a good bet to go. I think, and I think Erod and Lorenzen. Beyond that, I, I mean, maybe maybe somebody comes calling for McKinstry or something like that, and they go, "Okay, we got him for relatively nothing. We'll get more for him here. Let's uh, you know win this transaction." But I, I don't think it's going to be anything more than those other three guys. What about you, Uper? Well, it's interesting. I don't see anybody that they could trade off that they wouldn't be able to keep playing at more or less the same level they're at now. I mean, they survived without Erod for a long time uh, and, and you know, stayed a relatively watchable team. And you think about this weekend, that, that first win against Seattle, a highly entertaining baseball game. The second win, six zip, uh, just a nice, clean, professional baseball game. No base running errors, no big fielding gaffes. I mean, it was, you know, a well-played game. They can put together that kind of game. But they're going to need to make some trades. They're not going to build this team uh, from what they have on hand into a big winner. They're going to have to go out and find some players. Uh, and it's not all going to be through the draft. It's not going to be all through the farm system. They have to make some moves, bring in some outside talent from other places. And I think Scott Harris knows that. Um, they need to find that, you know, Steve Kemp for Chet Lemon trade eventually someday too. That'll be the fun one I'll be looking for. A challenge trade that they win. And I think they have the ability to do so. I think they have the personnel <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, in place to do it. Well, sorry, Chris, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, we were just joking around in, in, in Discord about, you know, trades. And I was like, all right, we'll trade Scooble to the Cardinals is in, you know, Scooble and Foley and get Jordan Walker. How about that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, something like that might be fun. I don't know if the Cardinals would do that, but, um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I don't picture something like that happening mid season though. It, I think you'll see bigger deals in the off season if they go that route. Agreed. Yeah. Especially with the, like and Chris, Christopher in the chat said, I think the Tigers should stand pat. They're not good enough to seriously compete. However, on the other hand, their most valuable trade releases are too far important to the to the future, other than Erod anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I was on the boat. I've been on the boat about not training Lang or Foley, but at the same time, if Bo Brisky does what he did over the weekend, you kind of have to go. Well, wait a minute, maybe uh, maybe uh, we'll be all right. Uh, Brisky came out throwing ninety seven, ninety eight, pretty well. Uh, I'm not sure how long that's going to last, but he's got one of the better changeups. So you come out with that, with the fastball and that cutter he's got. It's not bad of a combination. Everything was moving. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing looked straight that came out of his hand that day, man. That was, that was, that was pretty fun to watch. Oh, sorry, Chris, you're on a weird delay too. So like, I'm not sure I'm like waiting for you to talk. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. Let me, let me, uh, Leave and come back and see if that helps. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, you know, like a- just kind of go back. I am definitely in favor. If they can find a deal for Alex Lang, you do that in a heartbeat. But I've always been kind of the low man on Lang. Yeah. Just throwing up strikes for me. 
Uh, even when he gets guys out, he doesn't throw strikes. <laughs> so, um, Foley, boy, he's impressive. I'm, I, you know, if someone said you didn't want to move him, I could get it behind that. But at the same time, if you could get a guy, say, just on a level better than Justin Henry Malloy, okay, for Foley, do you do that? I kind of think the system needs it. Yeah, definitely, it definitely does. Um, I, I think it's. I, I don't know what kind of trademark we're going to be dealing with, though, Youper. I mean, it's yeah. you, you, it, you look at the AL East, which is still you're expecting the Yankees to make a move. And somebody suggested a trade about Paul or, or O'Neill from St. Louis to New York, and I could definitely see that. And that's a trade that I wanted the Tigers to make for a long time, but I don't see that happening now. And I, I wouldn't think it much sense. He's Tyler. Tyler O'Neill's got too much injuries behind him. So yeah. But um, you know, at, at this point, I don't know. It's just uh, it's it's a strange thing because with you haven't seen anything, even a small trade, or not really even a small trade as of yet. Meanwhile, you have the Mets who are just imploding and just the Mets are the Mets are yeah. Well, yeah. that's a wild card. What are they going to do? Yeah. Oh, on a programming note, by the way, well, back to a regular scheduled programming on Thursdays. Thursdays and Sundays is when usually the Thursday show, Motor City Bengals, or Motor City Bengals. Wow. See, what is with me tonight? <laughs> this is what happens when, yeah, I'm just. It's old home week for you. Yeah. It's, no, it, honestly, like it's been, I, I suffer from bouts of insomnia and I didn't sleep the last couple of days. And so it's been kicking in today big time. And I even, I took a nap before podcasting. So I'm still a little off. Programming a note, though. So Thursdays at nine, Motor City Metrics. You'll see us every night on Thursdays, Sunday at nine, Tiger Mario Report. And we do a Monday show, Monday or Sunday, the second show of the week. So just want to get that out of the way real quick. You know, one trade that has happened was Aroldis Chapman. Oh, yes. So a relief pitcher. Now, obviously, no one's confusing Jason Foley with Aroldis Chapman, <laughs> but um, he got back. A pretty solid looking starting pitching prospect, guy who throws upper 90s, and then a 17 year old lottery ticket in the Caribbean who people think have some skills. So, if that's kind of what a reliever can get, you know, obviously, but less for Foley than for Aroldis Chapman, I think there's something to work with there. So, many, so I think it was a big red machine. I think it was one of the red, Cincinnati Reds blog sites. Talked about what would it take for the Tigers to part for former Red, um, Michael Lorenz. And so I'm trying to pull up the trade right now because I thought it was rather laughable, to be honest with you, because it was um it was talking about it was three players from AL Central that the Reds could target that MLB trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned Scar uh, Barlow, Lance Lynn. Okay, that's fine. And then uh Alex Lang. Um so they talk about the multiple years control. Let's see if I can find. But again, he doesn't even mention who, who. See, sometimes I don't really. I don't. Sometimes, as much as I work for, I, I work for Vanside. Sometimes it frustrates me when they don't offer. So okay, who would you trade him for then? Yeah, here's a premise. I mean, let us know exactly who would you, who would you trade for. I'm trying to find the guy now, but I want the Tigers to develop their minor league players. I want the Tigers to. Again, celebrate a pretty good draft they've had. They're they're pretty they're feeling pretty good about themselves right now, but at the same time, if they can, if you're right, you if there's somebody that it's coming in and giving them an offer, 
based off who they have now in the front office and that knows something, I mean, Hey, might as well go for it. I would think so. And that, you know, you, you, and the nice thing is that when, when Scott Harris put together this uh, staff of his, he, he brought people in from a lot of different organizations. So hopefully they come armed with enough um, knowledge of some hidden gems from those organizations that maybe they could target. Uh, that's something I've been kind of hope, uh, hoping for uh, as we approach this trade deadline. You know, the guy from Tampa, the guy from Los Angeles, those, those type of guys. So the two arms, okay. So the two players that this gentleman wrote that the Tigers should trade is Justin Thompson and Joe Boyle. And I'm waiting for Chris to get back. Cause uh, so first and foremost, uh, no, <laughs> no, no. I, it, it, no. It, look, the Reds have Reds are loaded. You're not gonna just. If I'm, I'm look, if you really want Michael Lorenzen that bad, give me an offer. Give me an offer. Don't give me a. Don't give me Joe Joe Boyle. And you ask yourself, well, what's what's the Joe Boyle? What does he consist of? Okay, he's a fifth round draft pick from the 2020 draft, and he's got. He does have a really good arm. He's 6'7", 240. So it fits that kind of Tiger profile. He's got 103 strikeouts and 69 innings pitched. Okay. Good. All right. All right. Whip of 1.67, though. Mm. So you look at that, and you look at well, He's got 66 walks. That's what I was going to That's the first thing I was going to ask. 66 walks and 69 innings pitched. I mean... Yeah. Ugh, that's a project arm and a half. Now, Michael Lorenzen's track record of health is pretty good, isn't it? Um, not too bad. Yeah, he, he kind of faded a little bit last year. Yeah, but he hasn't had any big surgeries though. Not, not that I, I not, not that, that I recall. Yeah. yeah. This is gonna be. He's almost a guy. If they could get him on a one or two year deal, I could see it. Yeah. Some kind of extension. I really could. I mean, he's, he's going to be, not that I care about Chris Elich's money. He should spend his damn money, but they could probably get him on something pretty reasonable. Probably less than Matt Boyd money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or nothing else, Matt Boyd money. And uh, I could see bringing him back if he's, if he's amenable to it. If they can't find something um, at the deadline that really kind of trips their trigger. Yeah, I would be I would be agreeable with that too. He's been a good teammate too as well, a good locker room presence. So <clears throat> he was well, he did pitch in the All Star game. So there's that. <laughs> but uh, it, by the way, the Tigers have now have not scored in 14 straight innings. So it's got the shades of 2022 all over it. Jordan Lyles, guy's Jordan tough. Effing Lyles, <laughs> he's a Tiger killer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, but yeah, there's in the okay. So the other you're asking, okay, the Justin Thompson guy, who is Justice Thompson? Okay, so this is the other gentleman that they were mentioning in the trade for Michael Lorenzen for the Reds. All right, let's, let's look this over here. So he's down in High A right now. He's 23 years old in High A, which is kind of like, uh, I mean, borderline and North Carolina. Um, he's a, a right-handed bat, but I mean, 246, 354, 77. 
Nah. Without doing a deep dive, this is just a surface look. Outfielder? Outfielder, yeah. Yeah. You know. Doesn't make us say wow. There's no wows there. Yeah. I just, but yeah, knowing full well the Reds have a crap load of infielders and other prospect talent to go with it. So don't they have like five shortstops that are viable? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, it's they, they have an embarrassment of riches right now in that system. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty. Hey, look at a system right now that, uh, I mean, look, look, their number one prospect is Lavelle Marte, and he's made some big leaps this year. He's had a really good season. Mm-hmm. It's a guy I like a lot. Cam Collar, third baseman. Uh, um, who, junior, junior college guy a couple of years yeah, ago. Right? Yeah. Couple, yeah. I believe, I believe so. Um, but uh, no, I think he just actually, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He got drafted last, he drafted last year, the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They got, they got a bunch of, they have a bunch of prospects. And they even have one, two um, rookie level by the name of Ricardo Cabrera. who Apparently is making some waves too. So. See, now that's, you know, with the, the system's lack of shortstops really. Um, and Javi Baez being <laughs> at the major league level. If you're going to trade a, you know, a Foley uh, along with, say, a Lorenzen, that's what I would target as one of their shortstops. If they can, obviously, they're going to have a lot of people calling about their shortstops, but um, that's where I'd go. By the way, um, Bloodwright said it's 19 innings. Last four Saturday's game, they didn't score nine, nine yesterday and six today. I'm just going by what I saw Chris Mikowski just tweeted out because I just tweeted it out. I just saw it. And he tweeted out, uh, let's see. Yeah, he tweeted out. Oh, uh, he goes, I'm an idiot. Tigers have not scored 19 straight innings. Uh, so hey, right. we trust Bloodright, man. Blood's our guy. Yeah, yeah Bloodright, yeah. Bloodright runs through our, the Bloodright runs through our veins here. <laughs> uh, that's a bad analogy. But okay. All right. So moving on, uh, let's go to, I wanted to recap the minor leagues. I was waiting for Chris to come back. I'm not sure if and when he's going to come back, but I wanted to start with Toledo. As the the first and foremost, they played Buffalo, the Buffalo, the blood, ah, the Blue Jays AAA affiliate. And there was one thing I noticed right away when I was watching games all weekend, blue and blue. Mm. It's weird when they have that kind like it. I mean, Blue Jay, the Bison's blue was different than the Navy blue of the Mud Hens. But. I don't just mix it up. Just give it. I don't know. Like I, it's always so weird when you see that color. It's the one time those hideous red uniforms that the mud hens wear would have looked good. Oh yeah. The one time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Blood, right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Blood, right. See here. Exquisite. Appreciate it. So final line of Matt Manning, by the way, before we get to mud hens recap here, five and two thirds innings, four hits, two runs, no walks, three strikeouts, 81 pitches and 56 strikes. So not bad, not bad of a day for Matt Manning. No, that's but, a pro start right there. So they, the Mudhens lose two out of three to the Buffalo, but uh, to Buffalo. Again, the pitching has been an issue for the Mudhens all season long. The bats finally kind of coming alive a little bit, but they were limited on Friday, just five runs and then Sunday, the two runs, but they did win seven to three. And we saw Justin Henry Malloy hit a home run over the weekend. I believe Parker, mm-hmm. Parker Meadows did as well. And it was three uh, Sunday, by the way, Sunday's game featured Solak went three 
uh, three for five on the day too. So, so there is Chris here. All we get for that. Uh, but yeah, Toledo's pitching struggled again. It was a case of, I really don't, I mean, Joey, even Joey Wentz's start on Sunday was kind of laboring, uh, four and two thirds innings, eight hits, two runs, three strikeouts and three walks. He wasn't didn't getting really a lot of swing and miss stuff from what I was watching from what little I did watch, but Saturday's game, the eight to two loss to Buffalo. They, uh, they pitched again. They got to play against a uh, former big league around you. I think right. He's doing his rehab down there, right? Chris. Yeah. Yeah. He's, okay. he's uh, on a rehab right there in, in Buffalo. I think he's been out for over a year. I don't know if it yeah. was John or what, but um, yeah, I think, I think it was, was a, yeah, he could have oh, been a lot worse for Wentz. He got out of a bases loaded jam a couple different times and even left the bases loaded, I think, when he left the game. They also have an arm they have down there that I really liked. The, I thought the Tigers could have picked up the Rule 5 draft with Zach Pop. I forgot he, I totally forgot he went to the the Blue Jays. I thought he went to the Marlins or. Yeah, they think he made a trade. I think the then, Jays got him in a trade, I think. Yeah, or, or the Orioles even. But yeah, I remember that was oh, the. Yeah, that's right. I do, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I believe so. so um, yeah, hard throwing reliever type who was, I think, no, he, I think the Orioles got him from the Dodgers in the Manny Machado deal. Okay. That's all right. That, it, this is right. I think okay. maybe the Marlins grabbed him in the rule five or the traded him to Toronto for, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Zach pop. Yes. Good arm. Yes. But, uh, no, it was, it was good to see the, uh, yeah, right. You, out there and it was just shocking to see but yeah zach rogue did not look well no 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 No. i was amazed (laughs) that zach Logue pitched well in the big leagues in his outing or two i i was because he hasn't looked good in toledo all year long but you know sometimes it's just a you get up there the adrenaline you execute your pitches and you're okay that it's a thin line sometimes but um yeah the toledo takes the line drive hit at somebody and you look good yeah Sure. Well, that's what, um, you know, talking to Toledo, I don't think Colt Keith has really done much in the last, I don't think he did much at all in this last series. No. He reached twice on air and had an infield single. He did make a nice defensive play at third base that we, we clipped and showed around, but yeah, Malloy had a solid series and, and Parker Meadows had a pretty good series too. Yeah, it was pretty much about it. Toledo was kind of relatively ho-hum, if you will. And we go to Erie. Now, Erie, Erie again, the, the Seawolves, I think out of all the teams in the among the four teams this year, Lakeland, by the way, won twelve in a row. And it was so yeah. weird because we both we both totally like how did we miss that? We were just like Shh, like just because even Lakeland yeah. wasn't even celebrating themselves. They, like, I didn't. I went back on their social media. I didn't see a lot at all. So don't until, yeah until it got to twelve. I think they're yeah. yeah. I didn't know it until somebody <laughs> pointed out that they'd won ten in a row, and then they had a couple yeah. of comeback wins, and then they finally lost yesterday. They were trying not to jinx it. <laughs> they didn't bring it up. It's a strange team. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we'll get to them when we get to them, I guess. So Hartford came into town, and the Seawolves swept them. First it was a it was Saturday's game was postponed due to rain, and there was a doubleheader on Sunday, which Ben Algeri provided the only offense in the game, and a one nothing win on the first game, and then a nine to two victory on the second game. But let's start with Friday's game where it was a three, nothing shutout and it was a good way for the Seawolves to continue the good pitching and Leo Lockhart, who I predicted that would 
come out and have a strong second half of the season, first and foremost, backed up my words. And secondly, started following me on Twitter today, which is pretty cool, actually. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, went in five innings, one hit, two walks, five strikeouts. And he's the one thing that he had a big problem with when he was with the Dodgers with walks. And it looks like he's cut down his walks. Uh, Chris, I did watch a couple of his innings pitch, but was there anything that stood out to you in his performance? Uh, no, you know, I, that's one I, I I clipped the Gibson long start. I got the Montero start. They're both in the YouTube page. They just need descriptions added. I'll get the Lockhart one as well. Uh, but he, yeah, he had like his career best outing against Hartford in Hartford. And I think he, he just seems to be pretty comfortable throwing inside to righties. Uh, you know, he's a lefty and um, he's got a pretty good breaking ball and the fastballs, you know, it's like 90, 94. It's about the same kind of a left-handed uh, Gibson long in terms of velocity and stuff. Um, you know, the, the frame is a little bit different, but he just kept him off balance. He, he seems to be a pretty good pitcher, like at least knowing how to, or at least, uh, you know, maybe the, the the catchers are working with him. We did see the Dingler went on the IL, um, mm-hmm. but I think he caught the first game. I think he caught that game with, with Lockhart and then didn't catch it all in the doubleheader. And the bullpen for Erie has also gotten significantly better as the streak of not allowing any runs has been the case for Tyler Matson, who looks like he's a guy who's going to maybe perhaps pitch in the big league someday. Five so far in the month of July, so far in his Erie career, he has six innings, has not allowed a hit, nothing. Just five innings, yeah. or excuse me, six innings to seven strikeouts so far, and I believe a pair of walks. Yeah, yeah, Madison and and Blake Holub. Blake Holub had a rough stretch. He was awesome, and then he had a stretch of I think giving up runs in five consecutive games, just not ideal from a reliever. Uh, but he he pitched a perfect uh, seventh the other day, and he and Madison are, are pretty similar, and they both uh, look pretty good at times. Like look like future big leaguers for sure at times, uh, and then other times they'll hang a breaking ball and it goes very far. But uh, yeah, those are those are two really good arms there to the back of the bullpen to add to. They have. RJ Pettit. I think Magno is back there in, in double yeah. A still. Lane Anderson, um, Lane Anderson, by the way, Chris's favorite reliever of this uh, stuff. <laughs> you were talking, we were, we were, no, Chris and I had a good exchange about his uh, delivery for a good 10 minutes. We're reminded of. Uh, yeah, of it, it's the stuff is good and, and, and he's pitched well. It's just, it's just such a, a violent delivery where he damn near hits his head on the ground, uh, <laughs> but it works for him. It's just, it's, it's jarring to watch when you haven't seen it in a while. Like, oh my God. Uh, but, yeah, it. Uh, no, they, they, Erie just they have a bunch of solid players. They're, they don't have Colt Keith anymore, but Justice Bigby kind of stepped in there. You know, he didn't have a, a monster weekend, but it was Winslow Perez who kind of just as we were talking about how he isn't hit, hitting for power. Yeah, comes out and hits two two bombs in one series. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so they just yeah, they, and you said Mal Jerry had the the home run in the one game. They they just finding ways to win all year. Yeah, and and the thing is, with even a guy like Henderson too, uh, I found it okay. So I found his delivery because I, I we have to share we have to share this thing. We have to. It's just you look at it, and this is the only. Wish I had a better uh, stuff from from Erie, but this is if you want to look at how Chris was correct about this. Look how how far his head comes down. <laughs> That's just violent. Yeah, but he's been also been effective weapon too for the Sea Wolves and. Again, Erie might make the postseason in the second half of the season. It's not going to, I mean, with losing Cole Keith, look like they haven't skipped a beat at all. Yeah. And, and they may be getting some reinforcements soon, too. So it's, 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 um, yeah. 
they they play well. It, they can't make the playoffs twice, right? They've already made the playoffs. So if they won the division, oh, again, sorry. It, would go, it would go to the the. No, yeah. I know what you mean, but like yeah. you're right. Like they they might very well win the division uh, the second time because they just keep playing well and they're and they're really good on the road all year. They're off to Binghamton now, which is a bummer because I think that's one of the worst cameras in the Eastern League. Oh yeah, <laughs> so. That's the one that literally will go zoom in and just all of a sudden go like just. Well, yeah, so you'll just be watching from the third base box for the whole game for some yeah. reason. Like, what what are we doing here, guys? Yeah, but, but uh, <laughs> everything they do is zoom in, though. They zoom in, and then when a, as soon as a ball gets hit, they're like, we don't know. Like, yeah, it, I think there was, I think there was like a workman triple last year or something like that. Yeah, and somebody and it just like zoomed in on him running. We're like, what's going on? <laughs> not every you know i mean we, we are fortunate erie has one of the better camera setups in in uh in minor league baseball in terms of uh stealing clips and posting them on twitter it's it's up there yeah so. they're uh and they're very accommodating about it because they don't mind yeah. they do not mind whatsoever but justice bigby let's talk about him we're gonna be by the way we're working on our top 30 so we thanks to our viewers who were like hey you know what well, you have a top 25. We want a top 30. We're like, all right, cool. So we're accommodating and we're going to do a top 30. We're working on that currently right now. Big B will probably be on it. Big hint. I mean, if we, if we didn't put him on there, people would just be like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Um, but yeah, he's, he's having a phenomenal, even in the Hartford series, he was kind of, I mean, he had one game where he didn't have anything to at bats, but still, nevertheless, the guy continues to be an effective hitter for Seawolves and, at some point, you have to be going, okay, you know what? You have to take this guy seriously as a prospect. So, kind of like Kerry Carpenter. So, at some point, he was a thing. It is. He wasn't a thing before that. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty similar. It, it's Kerry uh, Carpenter was just hitting for so much power that was like, geez, what's this guy doing? Uh, in Big B, it's more like he's just hitting for a ton of average and he's showing yeah. enough power. But, um, yeah. And when you watch him, it's like, this, this guy's a hitter. Like uh, we posted, I posted a clip the other day of his, he had two hits in one game and the second one was an inside fastball that was, and we wasn't like, you know, dominant. It was like 93 miles an hour or something like that, but he pulled his hands in and just shot it right over the second baseman's head. And was like, okay, like this kid can hit. Um, now you don't, you don't know if that's going to translate up to the big leagues. We never really know, but at a certain point, if a guy's hitting 380 in double a, you, you kind of have to say, okay, well, this is we got to see more of this kid. We got to, we got to give him some credit and yeah, just about everything I've seen from him says, this is a guy worth knowing. It's fun when you see little moments like that, where they show they have some feel for hitting and not just swinging from their heels and connecting uh, for a couple months, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it might, it might've been a one, two or no two pitch or something like that. So he was, mm-hmm. he was just like, all right, I've got to fight this off. And he's strong enough and, and was able to get the barrel enough on it to, to, to knock it to right center. But, you know, I had a moment like that with, Josh Crouch last spring training though. So, and, and he's kind of regressed this year or, or just been okay. So it's, it's, I don't know. You never want to put too much stock into something you see, but when, again, when you're hitting 380 after 25 games or 370 or whatever in double a, you, you kind of have to pay attention because that's the jump from high A to double a is usually the biggest one in the minors. Right. And uh, he has, he has gotten better as he moved up. So he is, he's, I, I have him on my, Top 30. In fact, he's in my top 20. Nice. Yeah, there you go. And by the way, so the Tigers looking at the checking out the Tigers bottom of the seventh and it's still two nothing KC. And so if you're wondering what the Tigers have done on the top of the order for McKenstry, who's playing short tonight, 
with Javier Baez struggling mightily, Green and Torkelson, you're looking at an 0 for 9. Uh, 0 for 9 so far. It's the return of ground ball Riley today. I think he's got three ground outs. Yeah. So we got three singles and two walks. The yeah. offensive juggernaut. Against yeah. the Royals, of course, the second worst team in baseball, I yep. believe. <laughs> and then you have the so Carpenter of the you know, Carpenter Verling and Maton. Carpenter's got a walk and a hit. And I mean, man, I feel bad for Matt Manning because back to back good starts where he goes out there and he's not rewarded. He was rewarded Saturday, but for this, this is this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I go ahead, Chris. Well, I think you just you take that as a positive. Like we yeah. know the offense stinks. Yeah. Matt Manning, um, he's never looked like the guy we wanted him to look like, but he keeps seemingly getting the job done. <laughs> like I still don't quite understand. I think it's it has to do with his fastball shape and and the fact that his slider doesn't move much that throws people off. I think the but for, for whatever reason it works and you just get I guess you gotta be pleased with his progress or his performance. It's just it, it's it's a bummer when the offense just goes completely silent like this. I just wonder with that, tall, with that tall angular body if he hides the ball a little. Manning, I think it, I, I think he has really good extension though. I he, mean he I, does. It's it's a lead extension. It's like yeah. seven foot two. Yeah. You, well, well, yeah, you know, that's the thing. To me, and again, I want him to win, and that's fantastic. It would be great if they'd pull this off and came back and won. But it's probably more important long-term to see Matt Manning succeed because the next playoff team they, they have, he could be a part of that team. When you look up and down this lineup, there's not a lot of guys who might be on the next playoff team, maybe three. <laughs> you know, So, um, that, yeah, it, it sucks to watch him you know, be this offensively challenged. Uh, but I, I take more heart in seeing Manny do something good. And of course, we, we just get a, a an error from Zach McKinstry at shortstop. You know, when people people are yelling about Javi Baez all the time, I mean, that's that's the big discussion that there's been going on online and stuff. And people just need to realize that that Javi Baez is like Comerica Parker, right? You're not you're not getting rid of him. You just have to put up with it. Um, I told people on Discord to just treat him like uh, Jose Iglesias. Just he's there to catch the ball. If he does something on offense, it's it's a bonus. I mean, they're different right. players. Iglesias was, you know, contact with everything, just no damage. Um, that's just the way it is. Like people want this performance because he's making so much money, but it's it's not there. Nope. He, he um. So you just gotta live with it and, and say, okay, you gotta build a team instead of building around Javi Baez. You have to build the team around him, if you will. <laughs> in spite of him. Yes. Yes. Well, it's, you know, we'll, we'll see the next playoff team in our lifetime. Ty Cobb at 4191. Look, Ty Cobb, if the if Tigers. Ty Cobb is 85, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Look, the, the bottom line is this. This is where I, I, I struggle with right now. The bottom of the order for the Royals, Massey, Nick Lopez, and Taylor, 208, 215, and 125. And you and the Royals haven't done much either. I mean, but come up, come on, you know, Freddie F and Furman, Freddie F and Furman, three for three. Freddie for me, Freddie Furman. It's not Salvador Perez, it's Freddie Furman. Good <laughs> lord, people, what the hell? 
These Freddie effing Furman. Yeah. He, he. These guys are paid too. I've been watching a little bit of Royal. I get the Royals on TV on satellite here. I don't get them they're blocked out. I'll, on the dog out. I'll be right back because I'm just. <laughs> I've actually <laughs> seen a little bit of Freddie for me. Uh-huh. He's not terrible. <laughs> he had a 766 OPS heading into today. That where well, was that rank of the Tigers third? I I dump Eric Haas for him in a in a, in a split second. <laughs> wouldn't even yeah. be a, wouldn't even be a contest. Yeah, he'd be the third best hitter on the in the Tigers lineup today behind Green and Carpenter. <laughs> and that's the you know, I understand what Rogers saying though. He's a pretty anonymous backup catcher, uh, and he's three for three. And the Tigers never just I don't know. They have so few guys who are capable of uh, just you know stealing a game for you. But I mean, it's mostly it's about consistency, right? Like yeah. we, we it was awesome to see. You know, everybody was upset with Nick Mayton, and you know they sent him away for a while, and but. We talk about this all the time. Like fans don't really stay mad at you as long as you perform. And he came in and hit that big, what ended up being the game-winning home run. Mm-hmm. And people were excited. Hasn't done anything since then, <laughs> uh, because that's the hardest thing about Major League Baseball is being consistent, right? That's that's the difference. You know, I I should mention Spencer Torkelson came in today with his career best eight-game hitting streak. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's going to get one more at bat to, to keep that going. But uh, you know, Green is the most consistent player on the team. And after that, I, I you could you could say Carpenter, honestly. I mean, I would say, yeah, yeah. He's he's been such a pleasant surprise, man. Like, it just it's it's kind of wild there. And that home uh, run, I wanted that home run he hit the other day on the high heater. That yeah. was a solid two inches above the strike zone, maybe three. He's had a couple of those this year, where it is you know you always hear about oh he can't catch up to the high heat. You hear that for batters across the league every year. Man, he, when he is zoned in on that, it's impressive. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, I hate to invoke the name because we hope that he's better than this, but it reminds me of when Brendan Bosch had those two hot halves to a season where it was, if you threw it near the zone, you could throw it low, you could throw it high, and he would connect and hit it hard. And that's what Carpenter does. Uh, and, you know, we're getting to the point where I think teams are going to have to start trying to He's not great at hitting breaking balls, but it's not awful. I mean, it's under 200 or whatever, but you can't just throw him nothing but breaking balls. He's actually shown a pretty good eye. Yeah. He's still an aggressive hitter, but um, yeah, it's getting to the point where I think you can start counting on him. Uh, you, you you always worry that the league's going to figure him out and, and, you know, it won't work anymore. But the way he's playing, it's it's hard to ignore. That opposite field home run he hit the other day, too. I wonder... It'd be fun to look it up. I, I bet Savant probably has it, right? Opposite field, low trajectory, home run. I bet that's a top five. <laughs> well, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. I, wasn't his first pro home run the opposite field? I feel like it was not against the Angels. Yeah, and that little, that little itty-bitty fence out there. That's like five yeah. feet high. Let's see. Sorry, folks. I see. lost my temper there about Freddie F. and Furman. But no, I'm not sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry at all. I'm not sorry at all. But it was weird. Just for a moment, I went to go let the dog out, right? And all of a sudden, I hear the dog like quickly run, and I'm closing the door. All of a sudden, here, and and then I went yeah. outside, and my our backyard's pretty dark. But all I could see is this dark shadow. My dog's black, and it's just run like some cat just flat. And it, I think my dog bit the tail or something. Oh no! And then went and like some chaos event just occurred in the backyard for a moment but i'm not going back out there because i don't know what trail of death is out there my dog my my dog 
Lucy will be out there for all, all like sometimes we'll go out there just to quote unquote hunt. And the next day when I go out to let her out or I'll go in the yard to pick up her, you know, poop or whatever, there's something dead lying somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's such a unnerving thing. Cause it's like the jaws music's going in my head, <laughs> like going, all right, what am I going to find here? Oh boy. Oh crap. The Castillo yard where squirrels go to die. Yeah. That my, yeah, my dog, it, look, <laughs> because Dearborn Heights or where I live in Dearborn Heights, Dearborn area, there is a rat problem and it's embarrassingly bad. It's just mm. the city sucks. Anyway. All right. Damon is there. Matt Damon was there. <laughs> yeah. All right. De- departed Joe. I like um, that. No, that was good. That was good. So the, let's see the carpenter fly ball to left field, right? 28 degrees launch angle, opposite field. Higher than I thought. Yeah. I thought it would be lower too. <laughs> well, I guess I'm probably wrong then. But it was, yeah, it was a low center cut pitch. Oh, well. But anyway. So one of the things to, uh, we'll get to, we'll get to West Michigan here in a second. But I wanted, there was a really good article that came out today about the players who've been helped or hurt by the shift limits. So Jerry Kalanick comes up as a player really that has actually helped 13 great more hits and Jose Ramirez 14. That was a nice catch by Riley. Green. I just that's, watched it. That's what I heard. Play. I didn't see it. Yeah. I heard that. Uh, yeah. Quite a good catch. Um, wait, did they? Oh, white Langford signed with the Rangers for 8 million. Officially signed with Rangers for 8 million. So three point three hundred thousand more than the Tigers paid for, for Max Clark. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, speaking of which Tigers did sign Max Clark today. So if you're wondering how many draft picks Tigers have signed, be here. Let's uh, let's do that real quick because I don't. That should be top of mind, and people care about the draft. And probably the qu- next question is, when is Max Clark going to start in High A? Not High A. No way. Oh no, West no. Michigan. Yeah, possibly, possibly Lakeland, Lakeland, but yeah. I, I yeah. would think probably for uh, you know Florida Complex League for a couple weeks at least. So here's who have signed who the Tigers have signed so far among the draft. So Max Clark, the shortstop, or yeah, Kevin McDougal signed. They, they signed him. Oh no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, I misread that. Sorry. Matt, Max Anderson has signed for an undisclosed bonus, believed to be under slot. So Probably they've also him. come to let's see here. Is Jaden? No, oh, they said Jaden Ham. They got Ham for four hundred thousand, I think. Yeah, uh, Andrew Sears signed like an hour ago. They've signed uh, Brady. Uh, Cherwick, the catcher in the 15th round. And that's about it as of as of right now. Well, I think they I think Bennett Lee and the and the catcher from Wake Forest and then the pitcher from Missouri State also signed, but also for undisclosed bonus. Was it did Beck sign or did John Beck sign too? I thought I saw something about Beck. Peck? Beck, John Beck, the shortstop. I think Epic in, in our uh Discord. Yeah. Said that Peck and um, and who else signed um, Sears? I don't know where he saw that though, but he, he said yeah. that. And then Sears, uh, Callis announced that Sears had signed afterwards. So I'm assuming that Peck signed Gregory Peck. Yeah, you know I, I don't know what we think of Big Ten pitching, 
but I've seen as you know, living here in Iowa, you see a fair amount of Nebraska stuff. Mm-hmm. Max Anderson hits. I mean, I don't know what that means as a pro, but man, as a college guy, that dude just hit everything from uh, high, low, breaking stuff, fastballs, whatever. Yeah, you, you wonder. I mean, he's a guy who who had a pretty high chase rate this yeah. year, but also made contact with everything. So he may just be one of those guys who who just hits, like you said. It'll be interesting. But there are pretty damn good arms in the Big Ten, at least. You're seeing good stuff, not necessarily the cream of the crop, right? But you got Brody Brecht out there, who's probably going to be a top five pick next year. Yep. George Klassen uh, was one of the hardest throwers in, in baseball this year from Minnesota. He didn't know where it was going, but he was there. Um, yeah, and, and Iowa usually has multiple pretty good arms. Uh, and well, they had another guy you know, drafted. I forget his name right now, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Is it Langenberg or something like that? I was thinking Langerhands or something like that. Yeah, Some, yeah. Ryan Langerhands. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I, I am very curious to see what happens with him because you'll see some people say that his swing's not going to work in pro ball. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see if it works. <laughs> I would like to see this. So, By the way, Chris, you're, when you're resetting a computer, I wanted to throw this at you because Big Blog Red Machine threw this out there for a trade for Michael Lorenz before I forget because I, I, I wanted to get... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you Justice Thompson and Joe Boyle. I mean, Joe Boyle, great. 100 strikeouts over 60 innings, but also 66 walks. I just, yeah. I don't know. I wanted you to take on it because I know we've seen Tom, I know we've seen Thompson for Dayton, but I just thought it was like, come on, really? Are we just throwing crap on a wall and see what sticks? Yeah, kind of. That's I, I mean, I don't know how much you value uh, uh, Lorenzen. I mean, he's an all star, right? He's pitched pretty well. Right. But it's, you're, you're getting him for 12 starts, something like that. Um. And, you know, technically he does, he has plenty of bullpen experience. Maybe if you make the playoffs, he can come out of the bullpen for you. I don't know if you want him being one of your three or four playoff starters, but uh, yeah, I mean, Justice Thompson was a guy who who got off to a really good start. I want to say two, three years ago for North Carolina and then just kind of tapered off over the course of the season. I think he went like the third or fourth round He's, He's a very athletic outfielder, but I don't think he hits enough to make it to the big leagues. I mean, maybe fourth outfielder. And like you said, Boyle was a guy who never threw any strikes at Notre Dame, but he's got a huge arm. Right. And huge high too. He's like massive yeah. dude. There's a, a couple outings last year where he absolutely dominated the Whitecaps. It was like five innings and 12 strikeouts or something like that. But, but yeah, you know, if you can't throw strikes, what good are you? So I, honestly, I didn't think it was the worst like trade deal. I just don't think the Tigers would take it, right? That those aren't yeah. their kinds of players. It's from a value standpoint, maybe you're talking about like a couple like 35 plus FV or whatever, like guys that uh, lottery tickets sort of. Yeah. Maybe you can make a tweak here or there, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It'll probably be the Al Avila special there. I mean, that's that's an Al Avila trade if I've ever seen one. We'll just, well, we'll get something for him. Yeah, it's not quite quite as bad as like the Robbie Grossman, uh, Chris Anglin return or whatever, but. Oh, yeah. Chris Anglin, who's now even not on the team anymore. Yeah, like 87. Yeah. After losing the first game against Lansing, the Whitecaps came back, sold out crowd. They had a big crowds over the weekend out in Comstock Park as they came back Saturday night, won three to two, and then won four to two. As now they, like I said, they're going to be headed out to South Bend this week. We'll be out there Friday night. So if you are out in central Indiana, by all means, come by and say hello to us. 
thanks to Pick from Discord, who's going to be hosting us. So it's going to be pretty cool. And a fingers crossed that, that Jackson Joe gets promoted to West Michigan, but we'll see. Yeah, fingers right. crossed. Uh, no, no, I want to know. Do you guys know when Peyton Graham will be back? We haven't heard anything as of yet. Um, not an update or anything. So no, and, and you know, oddly enough, so Ryan Kreidler came back on Saturday. He, he got two plate appearances for the Florida Complex League Tigers. Walked in one. I don't know what he did in the other one. And then he was DH. Only two plate appearances. Felt kind of low, and he didn't play today. So I don't know if hmm. you know. Reckless speculation is maybe he went out there and tried it. And was like, no, this isn't it. Um, but yeah, we we don't know. Haven't heard anything on Peyton Graham. There have been a handful of other guys that like Garrett Burhan went on the IL for West Michigan. We mentioned Dingler. A lot of guys just kind of you look at the transactions log and like, oh, he's on the IL. All right, didn't know yeah. that. By the way, we did hear that uh, potentially Young will be up in area within the next week. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that might. Uh, I I don't know how they'll massage that roster. They uh, we did see that they sent Gage Workman back to the development list and brought Daniel Cabrera back. And Daniel Cabrera has a new stance or a new, uh, he's kind of a little bit more open and quiet and his hands are lower. It's a little bit interesting looking, but he did get a double. I don't know if he did much else. They're trying things with these guys, at least. They're trying. By the way, I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching Young uh, leg out that triple the other day. Yeah, it looked like it looked like somebody. Chris, Chris said, but it looked like somebody trying to run on an elliptical machine. Here's yeah, that like, like a, a human elliptical machine. Field green came in green catch. Oh, oh nice. Maze. They, yeah, they got out of that inning. Calmly. You know, first and second, nobody out, and and uh, Holton and White got out of that. So that's a nice, you know, keep the team in the game. Yeah, this is a. A team that could come back against. A dude just had a lead-off double. Field. Green came in, nice. Drifting back. Yeah. And an over-the-shoulder catch by Riley Green. All Would right. have been an all-star, man. Wish he would have stayed healthy. Yeah. That's yeah, just, yeah. I wonder if that's the, the one thing for keeping them from trying to give them one of those, you know, deals. Like sign them for eight years and $100 million or whatever. Probably not the one thing. There's probably several things. By the way, Detroit, Detroit Degenerate says Badu still looks injured while running looks limpy. I completely, ever since even Toledo, we saw that. I, I, yeah. I thought he looked a little uh, stiff. Yeah, it, it looked to me in Toledo, it looked like he wasn't trying to open it up and try to run. It was like he's being cautious, uh, which you see sometimes with guys coming back from injuries like that. But yeah, I, I don't know. Hopefully he's not still I, injured. I, I, yeah, Degenerate, usually he has a pretty good explosive first step out of the box and i haven't honestly i haven't seen it it doesn't it's i don't it's it's not be concerned with i mean he, riley green came flying i mean he scored from first the i think it was last, i think it was saturday's game against toronto and it was i think it was his first game back yeah it was his first game back where he was just like oh I, you know riley green looks fine but that is good pause concern but get back to west michigan so it was the same thing. We're talking about Roberto Campos needing power and Roberto Campos was like, you know what? I, I got you guys. His first home run in what? 44 games or something like that. Effect? Since, since the middle of May. So almost yeah. two months. Yeah. And it was a three run homer to the opposite field. He, he's got tons of raw power. Yeah, he really does. He hits the ball hard. He makes good contact. He, he crushes fastballs, just needs to get in the air more. Um, And, and hopefully that comes with time. I don't know. 
he may we may just have to settle for him hitting tons of line drives and in, in like topping out at 15 home runs a year. As far as uh, Lucky Jay was asking about uh, the trade rumors, right now it is it is the same kind of quiet that we got in the MLB draft. Uh, Scott Harris, by the way, addressed the college bat narrative. He goes, I don't know where that came from. Everybody was saying it. Everybody. Yeah everybody yeah but that that's the thing like it, it must have started with some people just making assumptions because yeah you know i don't think the tigers were ever like well obviously nobody had max clark going to the tigers <laughs> so it wasn't like uh they were like hey this is who we're gonna take they were very tight-lipped about it the whole thing and you could see why some of the guys they took later you're like yeah you want to keep that a secret the jank diaz like you don't want if you're gonna go for that guy you don't want other people knowing it because uh that's a, it's an awesome story but um, yeah, I think it, it's just one of those things where you read it in a mock draft and you assume that those people know what they're doing. Yeah. They don't. We no. saw the best mock draft. Keith law had the best mock draft. It was five out of 28, I think. Um, so wow. yeah, you're like a 20% hit rate. Nobody knows it. They know they hear about these players working out with teams. They know the, from the agents that who's interested, but you, you don't know who is going to pick who on, on the day. So especially not in the, uh, the bonus pool era. Like there was, um, I don't remember what year it was, but Jim Callis got like the first 20 plus picks right in a mock draft once back before the bonus days. Oh, because you just knew that there wasn't any thought of, you know, pulling money around. People thought people kept putting Walker and Martin to uh, the Giants in the first round and ended up, they, they ended up getting them in uh, what the third round, their third pick, I think, or second pick. Yeah. And giving them like three and a half million dollars or something like that. It's just, it's tough to know. Yeah. I think I, I don't even want to look at my mock draft. I think I got one or two right of the top 15, which, hey, that's not bad, but <laughs> or top 10. There was two out, of, two out of 10, which is not good, but whatever. Sorry, I, yeah. Michael, Meyer, I was going to have schemes at number one. I was like, I then I changed my mind at the last moment. So that's me second guessing myself. But uh, at any rate, getting back to West Michigan. Yeah. Young, we've heard might be heading the area and he continues to hit the ball pretty well. A decent series over the weekend. But Brady Allen, too. Brady Allen picked up the game a little bit as well. Brady Allen's a solid minor league player. He's really helped them. He, he plays awesome defense in the corners. He can fill in at center. Um, yeah, he's been a, he's he's producing roughly the same level as Jace Young. Uh, not quite as much power, but that that helps them a lot. They need guys like that on that team. They're they're kind of it's kind of cobbled together right now. You know, we like guys like Carlos Mendoza, but he's a great leadoff hitter and, and catalyst, but he's not necessarily. Uh, somebody who's going to help knock in runs, and that's what they need. And and that's what uh, Michael Myers said. Compost equals uh, Avisel Garcia. Uh, maybe Garcia was much faster and probably a better outfield defender. <laughs> um, with Campos, I'm just kind of hoping for Yandy Diaz. Just you shoot for the stars there with with a guy who crushes the ball and hits hits uh, everything. But he's only 20. We'll give him time. Um, but yeah, they, they like you know they're playing Lu- Luis Garcia a lot. Pacheco is still struggling. He'll hit a. He's got a lot of doubles this year, but just too many strikeouts. Not a ton of home runs. Mm. I'm trying to think who else is is down there doing. You know, they they brought up Soretti, so he's gone. Josh Crouch is still there. He's hitting okay. I think he's close to 300 with them. But uh, yeah, so I I would expect if if Young does get the call to Erie, some people think maybe Max Anderson to West Michigan, which would be fun. I think maybe it's time for Luke Gold to get the call up from from Lakeland. He got off to a terrible start last year, a terrible start this year. 
but in the last two months he's hitting like 330 with power wow. and i think that means it's probably time for him to move up yeah. and he is more of a, a natural second baseman than anything else so maybe we'll see him by the way you know what's interesting too is something that i was looking at some of the numbers for uh, kind of looking at maybe some other storylines look at for west michigan and eric Pinellas, who is he kind of came off the il yeah came off the il I mean, he still has an issue with walking still, but I mean, it's intriguing arm because heading into the, you can look at his numbers, 30 strikeouts in 26 innings. The, the walks are still an issue, but I mean, last year he struck out 62, but it walked 44, but that's an arm that still, it's still intriguing because I mean, his ERA is at 2.05, excuse me, but his whip is actually significantly down. But I don't know, just a name we haven't really mentioned before. I mean, he's a guy that that has has long been. Yeah, they've they've loved his fastball for a while now. You see, like Baseball America, he gets like the best fastball grade in the system. I think he's actually toned it down a little bit. Yeah, like he'll hit ninety seven, but he's trying to throw more strikes and, and stuff does play. But yeah, it's it's he's a work in progress there. Alvarado is back with West Michigan right now. He's he's pitching fairly well outside of a couple really blow ups. Yeah, um, so. Another strong start from Troy Melton on Saturday too. I mean, that, I mean, it was a decent start. I mean, it was. I mean, it was six hits in four innings, but still, it was, it was a good start. He ba- he battled his way through. In other words, yeah. And Troy Melton is, is an interesting guy because he's not. He's similar like to Job, where he's not like the stuff looks pretty good. He's a big, strong dude. Uh, he just doesn't really dominate the way you would think. Oh, but he also loaded. does. He also doesn't yeah. get blown up. Bases loaded he's for fourth rounder, right? Melton was, I believe, yeah. That was last year. So they had, yeah, it was Young, Graham, and then did they lose a pick in the third round, or did they have, who was their third rounder? Was it? What year? Last year. Last year. Oh. um, I thought thought maybe they lost a pick. I don't, I think they don't, I can't remember who they had last year. I don't think they, I thought they didn't have a third round pick, did they? That's, I thought they maybe lost a third rounder for, for signing Baez or uh, Erod. I don't Let's remember, see. but uh, last year's draft. Uh, I'll check. I'll check real quick here because I have a moment while the yeah they didn't have a third round pick last year. Yeah. Ah, okay. I feel pretty good about. Yeah. Oh, uh, there we go. Thank you, Sergio. Lost tip picked Tampa for Meadows. Well, that was their yeah. I guess that was their traded pick, their yeah. cop pick. Oh, yeah. Number 75 or 76. Yeah. So we so did Kerry Carpenter versus Jose Quas. Quas. Are they going to let carpet is, is, oh, Quas is a right hander. So they're going to let carpet. Well, I feel pretty good with Carpenter here, but, uh, you know, he can't, he can't do it every time, can he? Yeah. He can't, he couldn't possibly come he through. He could do it one more time. We'll stick around. We'll stick around for the podcast because today's kind of like an informal, no segment show. So we'll stick around for, in a carpenter, we do have to talk a little bit about Lakeland too, as well. Lakeland winning twelve in a row, so can't ignore that, and can't ignore some of the progress of those. Christian Santana continues to struggle mightily, Strug- struggling, struggling um, badly. Yeah, it's been interesting that they, like I mentioned, Luke Gold, he's really been playing well. You know, Graham was playing okay; he had picked it up a little bit, but it still wasn't, you know, the, the guy that you want him to be. But they've they've been getting contributions from. Like Mike Rothenberg came back and kept hitting. Yeah. Uh, 
No, I don't think Luke Gold speed is is anything special. I think that's minor league baseball. <laughs> you know, a ball, you can get four steals. You go, hey, wait, this catcher doesn't have a working arm. But um, yeah, I know maybe maybe he's faster than I realized. But I thought he was basically an average runner. Um, I'm trying to think who else has been who else has been uh, performing down there. I keep, I keep seeing uh, Richard saying they need a jam. Need a grand slam is what they need, right? Yeah, they need, yeah. Carpenter's got a three zero count. Does he get the green light here? Oh, oh you're ahead of me because I'm way behind. Oh, sorry. Let okay. him loose. I, I say loose. give him the Let green light. The big yeah. dog eat. Although, yeah. although says an interesting you delivery. You walk in and run. That would wouldn't be the worst outcome in the world at this point. Yeah, especially he's there to hit man. He's here, there to hit dinger. Yeah, <laughs> there's no Amir Garrett too. What Amir, happened? What happened? Walk. Oh, oh hey. damn it. <laughs> son of a bitch. I'll take it. Now a single gives yeah. you the lead, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's well, is there, yeah, because the Royals did release some Garrett, by the way. Yeah, there Which were a couple is, interesting. Um, bring DFAs him in, put a locker next to Javi. What'd you say, Chris? I'm sorry. A couple interesting DFAs that I saw today. Uh, I didn't see the Swaggerty one, but somebody mentioned it in the uh, in the Discord that uh, Travis Swaggerty, former 10th overall pick in the 2018 draft, was DFA'd by the Pirates. Outfielder. Wow. And uh fall from grace. Genesis Cabrera, the hard throwing lefty from the Cardinals, was was DFA'd. Um and that one kind of interests me because yeah. his results haven't been there, but it is a big left arm. And um uh, I, I would take a flyer on him. Sure. If it doesn't work out, whatever, but um it's it's a big left arm. You know, though it, it, it's ironic though. Alex Reyes can't stay healthy. Don't say anything. Do not say anything. Do not say anything. <laughs> Don't you dare. In play runs. That's all I'll say. Okay. That looks like a grand slam reaction to me yeah. or a triple to the corner. No, 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 no. Nothing. Nothing. We'll we'll talk about your it, it, God damn it. I told everybody, don't sit boil it. Old BK. Damn it. I want to see. Only, I'm watching it. This wait, is what I'm doing. I'm watching it right first? here on my screen. Well, this is it. I don't get copyrighted. <laughs> I, this is like this is exactly what happened uh when they faced Lyles nice. last time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Burling. Maddie Burling. <laughs> How about that? All right. Thank God. Get Jason. What was that? I'm sorry, Chris. Be nice to get Maton uh a hit yeah. here. I I well, I said he was veering towards respectability it was, it was a bad pun um i'd like to see Mayton get a hit here too or a walk it's all good old, but, uh, old yeah, it's nice it's all it's nice good to see them B- come back it's all good okay uh, okay uh, old bk i'm sorry about that man i i got a little fired up there i'm sorry i nothing personal nothing personal at all i'm sorry yeah, yeah that was a nice swing by too. spoiled for me <laughs> i had the protective bubble <laughs> i just don't understand how I don't I, I, wait I don't care either. No, but the you you are you watching Here's the Valley the thing, Sports like, feed? No, I'm watching Game Day. Oh, okay. I, I am yeah. I'm blocked out on streaming with Kansas City. I can see KC over the satellite. I just don't have a TV in this room. Oh, what are you saying, Chris? I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, for me, we, we have direct TV. I'm like 50 seconds behind. So so listen to the audio yeah. on the on the MLB app is like two minutes behind. It's it's incredibly frustrating. Oh yeah. DirecTV is like 50 seconds behind. I watch on my computer and I can get it through my work VPN. 
I, I have a work VPN to do my work. And so I just log on to my work VPN and then I can watch uh, the Tigers games. And it's like 40 seconds ahead of my TV. It's super frustrating. If, if someone hits a home run or a big, like two RBI double, I get a text before I get anything else. Yeah. We get those with the, the minor league updates too, <laughs> which it can be helpful if you're trying to get video clips, but it's usually only one run score or whatever. But um, so we got a question here from Noah Conley. He said, do you guys think Scott Harris will have a lot better international amateur results? I'm on, we won't be hard to beat out of Vila, but it definitely intrigues me that our assistant GM is from Rays. Um, so supposedly, well, is low. yes, it is. Uh, supposedly Metzler did not uh, do anything with their international stuff with the Rays, but he was in that organization. So you would hope that he has a better feel for it. I will say this, this year's signing class is off to a really good start. We talked about it in, again in the Discord a little bit. So their big money signings were uh, Enrique Jimenez, the catcher. He's hitting over 300 with, with more walks and strikeouts, which is good to see. I mean, it's the Dominican League. Stats don't mean anything. They also gave a million dollars to Anibal Salas, who is a, a athletic center fielder. And he's putting up uh, Raylan Perez stats. If you guys remember Raylan Perez from last year. Yeah, it's, it's like he's got four homers, he's got seven steals, it's like twenty-five walks and twenty-six strikeouts. So he's really he's all over the place. And then um, the kid that the youngest player in the class who barely made the cut, he was like two weeks from having to be in next year's class. Christian Perez has played like eight games. He's hitting three sixty or something like that, and he just hit his mm-hmm. first home run today. So it was. It looks like it's a pretty good crop. We'll see. You know, once those guys get to the states, you have no idea. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would. Like like you said, it's a pretty low bar. It'd be hard to be worse than the Avila administration was on the international market. Although we talked about Campos, he's pretty good. Yeah. Kyder Montero looks like he's pretty good. So those are two potential, you know, notches in Avila's belt, if you will, on his bedpost. <laughs> his unspoiled belt. Yeah, uh, a belt that's seen better days. Uh, yeah. No, but the. Uh, real quick, the, the one thing, so Lakeland, by the way, when they did win two out of three, they scored 14 runs on the opener on Friday at Tampa. And that kind of stands out because you don't, this offense has been kind of not really discussed. There hasn't been really much to write home about, but it, uh, Jenkins, by the way, who, who took over first base, Andrew Jenkins, Big dude. I mean, you see that guy. He looks like a guy who would, looks like a great, uh, exactly. You see a Grateful Dead concert. By the way, oh, Don, Dan Fernandez did remind us that Al, Al, uh, Avila did find us uh, Al Albuquerque. I thought that was uh, Dave Dombrowski, though, wasn't it? Well, that was when Dombrowski was the GM. I don't Ah, uh, That's true. Yeah, no, he did. Uh, yeah, but he it may have been. Like, I remember we used to hear stories about, like, oh, that was Al Avila working that deal. Al Avila found him. It was just, Al Avila was responsible for J.D. Martinez, or Al Avila was the one working on the Michael Fulmer trade. And maybe, but when he was a GM, he didn't find many of those things. I guess you could, yeah. the Reese Olsen for Daniel Norris worked out pretty well, but. Um, okay, so Dan, okay, so that, see, the thing is, Dan's probably right about that, because I know that he had, I think it was, he insists on uh, Isaac Paredes because a scout told him that they should go after Isaac Paredes. And as far as what was the other one? Um, the Gene Martinez, he had a relationship with Gene Martinez because he went to the local high school where Alavila lives. Mm. And 
they're connected that way too. So, oh, that was, oh, what the hell was that? Come on, Baez. What what happened? Uh, he just made a really crappy play. It, it was a ball that was going ahead up the middle. I mean, it was it, to be fair, the ball was going to go out of the infield, but uh, Baez just, you know, so and and now we've got a steal. So oh, great. Gotta get Foley's gotta get those ground balls to find some gloves, but maybe we'll get an extra inning game. Yeah, Bracinto, you know, and I mean hopefully Bracinto and something comes out of a I Yeah, I mean Javier Osorio was so bad in the Dominican Summer League last year. He's yeah. better this year, but it's it's like I don't know. We'll see. Braseno is a guy that that I'm interested in, but again, even the Florida Complex League stats are are misleading. It's bad baseball down there. That's what yes. you know, Roger's talking about, even in low A. So that was, they scored 14 runs in that game. I think the Yankees scored 12 in that game. So I just yeah. assume it was one of those games where the wind is just blowing out in Tampa. We've seen those sometimes in Lakeland, too. Remember the game where, who was it, Mickey hit two home runs and so did Jacoby Jones? Yeah. I want to say, was that, who did, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah. it, it was off, like all off Garrett Cole. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so you were wondering if it was a walk filled game. Both teams walked seven times. It was really weird. Lakeland registered just one strikeout, just one strikeout. But Tampa pitchers struck out 11. So that, that was a weird thing about the game. You look at the game and it's just a statistical anomaly because you look on the surface, the, it was because of uh, actually De La Cruz and Jenkins were the driving force. De La Cruz, by the way, went three for six with six RBIs. He had a home run. He had a three run shot in the sixth inning. And De La Cruz has been hitting better as of late. And that's something if we get, if I hopefully if I get a chance to go down the Lakeland before the end of the year, I wanted to see the progress because well, they did Jose de la Cruz at one point was in our top 25 and he's fallen off the map, but it looks like he, I, I don't know, Chris, uh, definitely yeah, weren't looking last 30 days. So 18 games for de la Cruz, he's hitting 282, 346, 465. So an eight, eight, 11 OPS, four doubles, nice. three homers, six walks, 18 strikeouts That's in 18 games. That's livable. 18 strikeouts and 71 at bats. Ah. That's, uh oh. Oh, nice catch, nice catch, nice catch. Sorry, I just saw the Badu <laughs> catch. Wow, what a nice catch. Badu made a nice catch. Did yeah. he keep the runner from advancing? Yes. Yes, he did. Hey, all right. Yeah, this is all happening. Um, it's not even showing up on my app. Whatever. Um it's happening yeah. in many different dimensions around the internet. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, the other interesting thing about Lakeland is is they're doing this with pitching that is um we talked about Marcano a couple of times, but it's it's mostly pretty anonymous pitching, right? Yeah. To, I'm looking. Colin Fields has a, a one nine three ERA over the last thirty days. Marcano, Jackson Job is there, so that helps. He's been pitching pretty well. Uh, I'm looking. Yeah, it, it's just uh, Boom. not a, not a ton of big names. Boom. Yeah. Uh-oh. Punch out, man. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that you gotcha. can celebrate. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Is that your strikeout call? I try it when there's when there's less than two out. I do a forward, and then men on base, you gotta do it in front of you, so you're always still looking at the field. Uh But if it's the third out, then you can go to the side and do the big punch. So Larry Love asked about why isn't fully dominate with the stuff he has. I think he. I I mean, he does. Yeah. Why does he not get more strikeouts? Is that what I mean? if he gets more, it, because I think it's, be, yeah, if, if that's a question, then honestly, I think it's because 
he pitches that sinker's heavy. He's got a heavy sinker yeah, too, and it's not like a strikeout pitch. It's yeah, that was it's, a nice it's, pitch. It's, wow, he did dot the corner on that. It is. It's the nature of his pitch. Yeah, the, the sinkers pitches that move horizontally are generally not strikeout pitches. The lady it's, it's, behind it's the pitches that uh, yeah. you know move vertically, the curveball, the fastball. Yeah, those tend to be your strikeout pitches, unless you have like an insane changeup or whatever. But and that's kind of a vertical pitch too, a splitter changeup like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, among guys who throw sinkers, he's up there in terms of dominance. Like, yeah. I don't think his his numbers are quite as ridiculous as like Zach Britton was back in the day. But that Zach Britton was just about the best sinker baller I've ever seen out of the bullpen. Yeah, um, it's it's tough because sinkers are are really actually they're just easier to hit, and and you're putting yourself in danger sometimes of of just giving up some rough hits. Like that was the very beginning of the year. Foley came in. I think the first two games he came in with men on. He got ground balls both like both outings, but they just were in the wrong spots. Um, right. Some of that's just bad luck. But uh yeah, I mean, he's still pretty damn dominant, I would say, for for what his, his bread and butter pitch is. Yeah. It's it, it, again, if it was something that if he was not getting swings and misses on his like if he threw a curve or a slider, that'd be one that'd be a different story altogether. But uh as far as but even in the complex league wise pitching, Chris, it seems like even there's been a few guys that have kind of made a little bit of a standout, right? I mean, again, this is all stats, though. It's just, again, this is what sucks. This is the part of year time of year that sucks is because I wish we had the complex league here or even some of the Dominican, but there's nothing. There's nothing. So all we're, we're, we're on the same level as you as anybody else looking at the data. And yeah. Yeah. Detroit general Rick, Rick Porcello had a hell of a sinker. Yes, he did. That was his, yes, that was his best pitch. And it took him four or five years to really learn how to pitch outside of that. Right. Before he actually had yeah. a couple of good years and then won a fraudulent Cy Young award, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, the complex league to me is most interesting because of who's going to be there soon. Yes. They drafted, they drafted nine prep kids. I don't know if all of them are going to play or sign. I assume they all are. Uh, maybe one of the guys. I will. For sure, right? Yeah, if, yeah I mean, so 10? we know Clark sign. McGonagall's going to sign unless there's a medical, right? And that's that's the one holdup with all these guys. We've heard that uh, Wilson and uh, Rucker, Rucker are going to sign. Jack Diaz, or Jack, Jack Diaz is going to sign. And after that, it's like Hanford. And then the three kids they took at like, what, the 16th, 17th, and 20th round? Oh, the 20th round guy, wasn't he a bigger name prospect than just the- – Kind of fell because no one thought he was coming. You know, I, I I don't know. He actually he was one of the guys who had a profile. Like if you go to MLB, Jonathan Rogers uh, or something. Yeah, they had yeah. a profile for him, uh, but I don't think he was ranked among their top two hundred and fifty or anything like that. Oh, they just okay. happen to have a profile for him. But and it, it like he was the one. So the one thing I keep pointing out is, is all those guys were not committed to what you would call uh, grade A baseball schools, right? They weren't committed to UCLA or LSU or Vanderbilt, yeah. like the, like Evans the was a uh, UNC Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, the, the Tigers used to take high schoolers at the end of the draft kind of as a favor pick or just get in relationships with them or just in case something fell apart. Or Mario and Pemba's son. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but these guys, so so the kid, the Ferris kid, I think, from, from Houston, he was committed to Texas uh, State. Yes. Which is like where Johnny Valenti went, or I don't even know if it's John. No, Valenti was like St. John's. This, there was another yeah. kid that. They had another kid who was kind of like John Valenti, who was a four-year player at Texas State, whose name is escaping me. But the other kid is like Eastern Kentucky, the lefty from Florida. 
And then the, the 20th rounder is connect uh, Louisiana Lafayette, which had a great year this year. I think they made the, the tournament. Yeah. Uh, but tr- not traditionally a college baseball powerhouse, if you will. So I think they've got a chance to sign all those kids and, and they're going to head to the complex league in Lakeland. And it's going to suddenly make those teams a hell of a lot more fun to, to pay attention to. So by the way, Evans has retweeted that, you know, the, the, the tiger stuff. And so as far as him potentially signing, so it's, which one is that? The, uh, Danielle Evans, the, pitcher. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the kid from, yeah, I mean, he was a college pick, so I think he's going to sign for sure. He was from Vanderbilt and then UNC Charlotte. You said, yeah. Um, well, I saw that uh, the twenty. He also pitched. He also pitched at the Trenton Th- Thunder too, in the developmental league. Yeah, the the, you know, the draft league. I think um, the twentieth rounder follows the Tigers minor league report account. So yeah, there you go. There you go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that if I weren't going to sign with the Tigers. So <laughs> you knowing full well you're going to be on full reel every you know every time you do something. So, but I think we did follow him. So maybe he just follows everybody who follows him. Ah. About that, I, well, I just remember years during the Dombrowski drafts. Remember, there was a year they had during the 40 draft pick era, right? There's 40 picks. Mm-hmm. Tigers had like 38 college guys, you know, it might have been 39. It was just, <laughs> well, it was just they, a different uh philosophy. If they get nine guys in a 20 round draft, they didn't take a high school player last year, I don't think. Maybe right, no, not, yeah. not. Yeah, I was looking at our Twitter. We should follow some of these players. <laughs> we don't do a good job of following people. Now I just realized well, that it dawned on me. You know, you know. I mean, I, I I don't know. I still feel weird being a forty year old following these teenagers and, and twenty yeah. year olds, even if they are baseball players. I'm like, oh, this is alone. true. I don't I don't need to know what they're doing and what they're liking. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't really care at the end of the day. For me, it's if they we can play baseball by all means. But it is it is strange sometimes too. Like when Lockhart started following me on earlier on Twitter, I was just like. Okay, cool. Yeah. But it's, it's it is. I mean, it's cool because when you have a belief in a player like the Andre Lipsius thing, it's yeah. But either way, or uh, Cole Keefe, for example, Cole Keefe was an early adapter of the minor league report. He was actually he followed us pretty quickly. Which we remember that Chris, it was all yeah. I mean, he was definitely a guy who who I mean, he loves baseball. He'd like to go back and look at his clips, right? Like there are some players who are like that, yeah. and I don't blame him. Yeah, I like uh, if I were you know, I used to be the kid playing NHL '94 who would. Uh, stop and replay that goal over and over and over oh, and yeah. over again just to make my friend angrier and angrier. That's, that's how I, I was not doing the cheat move. No, I'm not doing the cheat move. I was not coming across the crease and do the cheat move. Enough. That was the way I, I would, used instant replay. I would just go around the, the net and then shoot uh, top shelf every time. Yep. In your face, Tom Barrasso. Yeah. And you're, oh, <laughs> or my, or my favorite was uh, victimizing uh, Ed Belfort because I hated Ed Belfort. Oh, yeah. was the Blackhawks. Yeah, Belfort, those goalies back then, Ron Hextall. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Let's get back. Let's see if we have any questions yeah. on Twitter. So, by the way, it was funny. Um, I posted this last night on Twitter. I went to Dairy Queen to pick up some ice cream for nice. for the lady. Late night run, and I see the Devin. I said I see a license plate that says D Booker Phoenix Suns, and really tinted windows. I mean, these windows were. I mean, you could not see into the car. Nice. And I was just, I was thinking to myself. Well, maybe he's uh, driving. Oh, Ninety four is right there. So he's from you know. Michigan, right? Yeah. So, so. Um, we did get. Um, okay, so from Stephen Butts, well, we did get a couple questions on Twitter from this evening. Even with the injuries and possible trade the deadline deals, Tigers are going to have a surprisingly crowded pitching staff. Can they maintain this depth, or is it all a mirage? 
That's a that's a pretty good in depth question there. I'll you probably start with your response to that. Could you um, read it one more time? I I missed. Oh, part sure. Of Even with injuries and possible trade line deals, Tigers are going to have a surprisingly crowded pitching staff. Can they maintain this staff, or is it even, or is it all a mirage? Ooh, that is a great question. I'm assuming it means after the trade deadline. Correct. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it gives them the depth is more reason why you just move Erod and Lorenzen without even really questioning it. If you like the return, but you know, they aren't going to force a lot of innings on Manning. They're not going to force a lot of innings on Scooble. Uh, they're going to have plenty of time to or plenty of ways to use everybody who's available. So I think yeah, they can maintain what they have. Okay. Uh, I think it's unlikely just because pitchers constantly get injured. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you could replace Erod Lorenzen theoretically with Fayedo and, and Wentz, right? <laughs> but that's that's kind of a downgrade based on how the other two, the veterans, have pitched this year. And then if somebody gets hurt, who are you going to? It's It sounds like they want to keep Brisky in the bullpen. Who's the next man up? Is it Jack O'Laughlin? Is it, uh, it Sawyer Gibson-Long? Is it... I, mean, I don't even know who else they have on the 40-man who, who could fill in. Starting there, I guess Casey Mize could come back and, and pitch some f- a few games. But um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it wouldn't shock me that if any trades they make, they do end up getting a, a pitcher who's a, a you know double A, triple A, almost ready to contribute. Just maybe not, might not be on a forty man, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just just knowing how pitchers get injured, it, it's it's hard for me to imagine that they're going to be okay down the stretch. I think it might get kind of ugly. We might get uh, some Drew Hutchison style, Willie Peralta style starts down the stretch. Ashton Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I I kid. No. And Michael, Michael Mayer brings up a good point. The Turnbull could be back by mid August, but I, I, again, I don't see Turnbull being a Detroit for too much longer. The way that, that the way that whole thing has been going down, it's been strange, really strange. Yeah. So I, I don't. If if look if if Trimble can be even, they're like, well, oh, he's healthy. Okay, go. If they can trade him, they'll they'll, yep. they'll probably trade him. The whole thing's been weird. Um, since the Scott Boris signing, uh, he's, Scott Boris took over as as his agent. Mm-hmm. So the other question we had, uh, so we we got already like, who do you think gets traded? and What does the return look like for them? Honestly, th- with this, I will say this. Whoever the Tigers are trade or have in mind, they're already in the in the war room they have. It's somebody that fits that profile they're looking for. Somebody that controls the strike zone. Somebody that. But the problem is, is that it could be. It, the, there's no pattern. There's no. We're not establishing a pattern or anything. The Tigers have, like, for example, when they signed Freddy Pacheco, I was like, wow, that's a pretty good deal considering the live arm that St. Louis let go. And then you realize, Oh, St. Louis probably saw something that he was injured or something and let him go. But still they saw something there. And so I think if they, if they, if there's a a prospect they identified, they'll identify him for three things that will help the Tigers do better, which is they need more power in their lineup. Mm. They need more pitching. So maybe a a left-handed starter or a reliever. And more importantly, some team like they, they need some more versatility, in the outfield too. So if those if they can identify those three players, by all means. But it's just it's so broad. I can't really specify if 
you know, like for example, like the foregone conclusion going to St. Louis. St. Louis is a crapper right now. There's they're they're kind of too far far they've back. Already, but then, it, go ahead, Chris. The, their GM has come out and said that they're they're selling. They're, yeah, they're, and their goal is to get pitching. They want pitching, pitching, pitching. So I was like, all right, well, have a Turnbull and uh, yeah. give us <laughs> and, and have a Scooble and give us a Walker and we'll see you later. Right, how, about, um, uh, how about a Mason win? I'll take a Mason win. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, no, tell me this. I've went, here's one thing I've been seeing from a lot of folks on Twitter, you know, just for fun reading. They want someone who is, quote unquote, nearly major league ready in return for all these trades, which I guess yeah. is would always be nice. But do you care? I mean, is that a big deal? You know, I, I mean, I think I would want the best player you can possibly get. Mm-hmm. But does that mean I want, uh, you know, a, a $2 million international signing who's 17 years old? Probably not. Uh, I, I do think I would want somebody, at least in high A, who might be ready to go to double A. Just, again, it's like that Reese Olsen sort of level prospect where it's, they might be a year away, but could be pretty good. Um, that makes a they, ton of sense to me. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if they go and get a, a guy who's almost major league ready. And I, I, there are some teams where that makes sense, right? Like that's the people keep pointing out how the Orioles have just crowded upper minors with, with tons of prospects. And we talked about the Rangers before with Justin Foscue and uh, all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, I think that could be who they target, but I do think you want, you want, you don't want to just give a guy away. Uh, because you're getting somebody who's close to big league ready. I mean, that's that's kind of uh, mm-hmm. Dowell Lugo, right? Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's kind of what they did there. So, so the last question comes for the night comes from Deadly Ninja Bees. Number one, who taught Brisky that sinker? I'd like to buy him a fruit basket. <laughs> uh, number two, what does this rotation look like in a month? I think we've already answered that question, which is going to be bare bones. And number three. Which player are we not talking about that'll get an audition soon? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly chime in with two players that we're gonna see and get an audition soon. So Gibson Long, I feel like he's gonna maybe get an audition to see whether he again. That's just more of like that's my long shot, but my reality is somebody along the lines of like we can see Parker Meadows here next month or so get an audition. So. Someone tweaks a hamstring or something. You got to believe in that outfield. There's no reason not to give him a look at this point. He's yeah. been pretty steady for a while here. Right, yeah. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, I can't think of anybody that, that would shock us to see, like you know, get called up. I'm trying to think. And the Tigers win three to two. There you Whoa. go. Nice comeback win. Yeah. Lang with a one, two, three, two strikeouts, ground out. That'll do. Increases and blood value. Yeah, blood. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, you subtle. Increases the trade value there. No, but um, hey, nice work, everybody. Yeah. Way to will the Tigers to a comeback win. Me yelling about damn Freddie Furman Fr- maybe helped. I don't know. <laughs> yes. I take responsibility for a little bit of that. Sure. But uh, no, I the the sinker. I, I don't know. I've always felt like he threw a sinker, or he threw a. I thought it was more of like a. I, I don't know if it was a. I think so, it was a cutter. It looks like more like a cutter to me, but. So I remember you're talking about Brisky. Yeah, I recall him being a, like a four seam changeup guy mostly. But I, I want to look to see on Baseball Savant because I thought it was like his fastball had nice ride and and decent spin rate on it. But uh, so maybe they did start working on the sinker because his fastball was getting hit. Let me look at uh, as I said, checking the old 
baseball savant to back this up? Well, whatever it was, it was getting some really good movement. It was starting on the inside corner and then just getting inside on yeah. right on their hands and they couldn't do anything with it. It was really fun to watch. Yep. Blood right. He did it. He got a one, two, three, ninth. So yeah. You know what? Crayola, the reason why the only three outfielders listed in Toledo's roster. So what you could see is a, the reason why I talk about maybe Parker Meadows getting an opportunity is at some point they got to figure out what they're going to do with him. Uh, I mean, he's on a 40 man roster, so they're going to bring him up for something. But what I could see happening in uh, to make sure I have this right, because I was trying to make sure I have the. It was also you to the abundance of pitching that Erie has right now. So Brian Packer, by the way, has been moved to the is now going to be listed as a pitcher. So what you could see is I think at West Michigan right now, guys, a guy like Brady Allen could see some time at double A. So either the likes of Brady Allen could see uh, potentially a time in Erie. You could see, I don't think compost is going to, I think compost is going to stay in West Michigan the entire season, but right now there's five outfielders right now, in West Michigan, Brady Allen, uh, Lazaro Benitez, Chacon, forgot Chacon, oh no, Chacon's on the development list, sorry, and Dom Johnson. So, and Austin Murr, yeah, who plays outfield and first base. Yeah. So, yeah. So you could see, I, I don't know, I could see Brady Allen going up there at some point, and that, and there you go. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Trey Cruz has come back down to earth, but it wouldn't shock yeah. me maybe if he gets bumped up to, to Toledo at some point. Um, Mel Jerry's doing okay. They can handle center field with somebody else. Winslow Perez has played plenty of center field already. I mean, he's back mostly to second base, but maybe they bump him up and have him play center. Uh, they've got some did options. You, did you see the ping it got put on the developmental list? Yeah, right before the All-Star break. Okay. Yeah, and so I, I didn't know if that was just because the All-Star break was coming up and they wanted to get him a, a break there, but uh, yeah, I was a little bit shocked by that, but maybe they're working with him on something. They, they want him Maybe they have been working with them on something and it hasn't quite clicked in games, so they just want to take some time off and maybe they're the the, maybe develop another cutter. There you maybe go. I mean I think that would help him. Cutter school, the, the Robin Long School of Cutters. All right. On that Ooh, note, cuts. <laughs> on that note, we're going to end the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us live on Motor City Bengals. God damn it! Did it again. Motor City Metrics. Dollar in the jar. Dollar in the jar. <laughs> Sorry. So, and uh, take a mind of the report. What's up, Chris? I will I will point out, I looked at Brisky. Brisky's throwing harder this year, but he, he threw his sinker last year, but only 7% of the time. And so far this year, in one outing, 27% of the time. So it definitely seems to have been a, a an emphasis of his since coming off the injured list. So. Get him an edibles fruit basket. Those are pretty sweet. No, nice. And for me... If you're listening and you're going to be in Kansas City on Wednesday night or Thursday afternoon, I should be at both games. Reach out to me on Twitter. Love to meet any of our listeners. That'd be fun. Yeah, awesome. we do have a, we have a listeners, or I will say this: uh, what I love about our listeners is that they cover the United States pretty well. We have a couple guys. We have a couple people who live in Indiana. Um, Elton, our man, uh, shout out to Elton who listens to the podcast on a regular basis. He's out in Indiana, but yeah, we'll be out in South Bend on Friday and. We'll have a show on Thursday, recapping the series with Kansas City. Hopefully, it's a sweep. And uh, go to our Patreon.com forward slash Tiger Mind Report because we're getting some really good content you're not getting anywhere else. And I'll tell you why. Because Jerry is a damn wizard. 
Jerry is a, I don't, I feel like Jerry is not telling us something. I feel like Jerry works for the FBI. He's not telling us or some sort of rocket science, but um, he's a secret weapon. He's our Oppenheimer. Yeah. He's an Oppenheimer. Yes, he is. He's an Oppenheimer. I can't wait for that movie to come out. Weekend, by the way, um, speaking of which, speaking of, I think we just got a nickname for him. I like it. I like that too. That's that. You know what? That uh, that's going to stick. I, I, Chris, I don't know about you, but uh, him calling him that name, but uh, Oppenheimer. 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 Ooh, even better. There we go. Yeah, but uh, he did a profile on Luke Gold. So player profile, oh, advanced sweet. data. This is the reason why you should go to our Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash Tiger Minor League Report. And we'll be working on a top 20, top 30, which will be out hopefully by the beginning of next week. I'm, I told Chris I was going to do it today, and then everything fell behind at work. But, Shame. yeah. Also, I told everybody I was going to do a report on extra players or other players who weren't on our prospects list, and I got halfway through it and never did the rest. So I'm not holding you accountable at all because it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the other option is we wait until after the trade deadline and fold in any prospects they get. But I felt like it'd be, you know, it might be more fun to just do it after the draft and yeah, add those guys in later. Definitely. And so, they, by the way, the draft picks are you have till July 25th, correct, Chris? Yeah. That's what I read in, in Evan's uh, article today, Evan Petzold. And, you know, we were projecting that maybe it was the first week of August or because that's what it had been the last couple of years. But yeah. then I looked at it I'm like, oh, it's it's just two weeks from the end of the draft because the, this year's draft was about a week earlier than last year's. So, yeah, we'll know. And the Tigers put out an announcement that they signed Sears and Peck and Clark today. So. I imagine we'll see all of them sign here in the yeah. next couple of days. Definitely. On that note, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you Thursday. Have a good week, everybody. Good night. <laughs> good night.